This is Behind the Blue Doors, the voices of tomorrow heard today, a Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley listening experience. This is Behind the Blue Doors, the voices of tomorrow heard today, a Boys and Girls Club of the Tennessee Valley listening experience. We're here today with two social workers that are making a difference in the local clubs, the Boys and Girls Club of Tennessee Valley. Each of them have a purpose that they were wanting to change the lives of kids and help them, just help them find a happy day with them. I have with me Mr. Graham and I have with me Ms. Carrie, and I'm going to talk to them a little bit today about what it would mean to be a mentor to kids, not only in Boys and Girls Clubs, but in just in general. So, Carrie, Graham, how are y'all doing today? Hey, we're good. good. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for being on here. Y'all are like the very first interview ever for this program. So I just want to start off by saying thank you and don't mess yeah. up because then it's like, yeah, no pressure, right? <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> but no, I, I've talked to both of y'all separately and together about this, about being a mentor and how that impacts the lives of kids. So I want to start off just asking you both. Do y'all have a mentor in your life? And I'll start with Carrie and then go to Graham. Um, yes, I have several um, who have, since I was probably in middle school, um, have just poured into me, um, invested in my life, um, challenged me when I need a little kick in the pants, um, held me accountable when that was needed, but really just have been there um, to encourage me um, and to set me on the right path. <laughs> Okay. How about you, Mr. Graham? Uh, yeah, I've also had the good fortune of having a lot of good people uh, invest in me over the years. Um, I guess one person in particular that jumps to mind is uh, uh, my first supervisor when I finished grad school, uh, Brittany Jordan, when I used to do in-home therapy back in Memphis. Uh, and she instilled a lot of really good practices and values in me that I think to this day still guide the work that I do and also spill over and uh, help me in my personal life as well. Um, yeah, I, it's hard to pick just one because uh, I've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of good luck with uh, positive relationships over the years, but I think she's probably the one that jumps out the most. Yeah. And, and I don't think you're ever going to just have one, that one mentor in life. You know, I feel like life is different stages and you're always going to have, different mentors along the way, you know, from even the smallest thing to that big person that, you know, really helped you get to that place in life. But, you know, when y'all are working with kids, how do you see the mentor-mentee role in, in, the, in what y'all do on a daily basis? And Graham, we'll, we'll start with you. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so, one thing that always comes to mind for me, and this is something I try to to tell the staff that we work with as well, because, you know, uh, Carrie and I are two people. We have one other person on our team. There's three of us, but we have more than a thousand kids come through our doors at like, three different sites. Um, so I, I think one thing we try to do is to try to, like, empower the, the staff that spend the most time with the kids each day. Something that comes to mind for me is uh, you're always leading, right? Uh, everybody is always leading by example and the direction that you lead people is totally up to you. And I think that uh, it's, 
it's a powerful thing to know that because of all these young people that are coming in and spending their afternoons with us and in the summers, their full days with us, uh, to know that like, you never know what kind of impact you might be having on that one kid. Like you never know how much one child or a couple of children that come in and spend the afternoon with you. You never know just how much they might have needed someone positive to be excited to see them to ask them how they're doing, to ask how school's going, and to let them know that they're valued and that you care about them. And I think that it's important to know that that potential is always there, uh, even in just like the smallest ways, like uh, dedicating a little bit of time and remembering something unique about each child and making sure that you're checking in on them. You never know how much that might carry over into other aspects of their life and for how long. Carrie, <laughs> you wanna expand on that? Um, I mean, I think Graham nailed it. Um, it's really such a privilege, honestly, um, to be such an important part in kids' lives. Um, not just speaking on about me or my team, um, but all of the staff at the club. Um, we have kids who are, I mean, Graham said it, uh, who spend so much time with us. Um, we really get the chance to get to know them over many years in a lot of cases. Um, and just the ability to be that, be a constant presence in a kid's life, it's such a privilege. Um, I think as I'm thinking about the kids that we work with, um, thinking about building that trust, um, because kids need to be able to trust people. We all need to be able to trust people. Um, just knowing that we have the ability to kind of step into that, to get to know kids individually, like Graham said, um, and build that relationship and trust. I don't know, it's, <laughs> um, it's, I keep coming back to the word privilege. Um, it's a lot of responsibility too. Um, and I hope it's something that we all take very seriously because it is a serious thing to be present in a child's life. I agree with both of you on that. But can you talk about, you know, mentors being in the lives of kids? You know, y'all see kids every day and, you know, every kid comes to y'all for different reasons. But how important is it for them to have a healthy relationship with a mentor, you know, regarding school, regarding just, you know, outside of the club, you know, regarding their, just their lives. I mean, is that like something y'all are working on with kids or is it something that you're trying to build upon because they maybe have that with somebody else and you're just trying to help out? Um, I can take this one. It's crucial for kids to have a caring and a trusted adult in their life, whether that's um, us or whether we're um, strengthening relationships with parents or other adults in their lives, like coaches, teachers, things like that. Um, but it's absolutely crucial for kids to have that presence in their lives. Um, without going on too much of a soapbox, that could be a whole separate podcast. Um, if you look at the research around um, trauma and around toxic stress, um, and just the challenges that kids face, whether it's the normal everyday kid growing up challenges, um, which is a lot harder nowadays than when I think we were growing up, um, whether it's that, whether it's the fact that we've been in a pandemic for, this is what, year three, four, um, and whatever challenges kids face, all of the research around that um, says that the best way to prepare kids for success and to have them um, overcome those challenges is by having caring, stable, nurturing adults in their lives. Um, so it's huge. All kids need that. Um, 
And without that, I think kids are going to have a lot harder time growing up. Are y'all seeing more kids after the pandemic now than what you were seeing before? Or is it kind of even? Right. Um, go with Graham. Uh, well, sorry for clarity. See more kids as in like kids that are referred to us for like counseling services or. Just in general. I mean, I know y'all do counseling services, but I know y'all do a lot of group lessons. I mean, are y'all just seeing a larger impact to kids now? Yeah. So I think one of the, so like COVID fundamentally changed society, right? Like, and right. we're still, we're still learning all the multitudinous manners in which society has been affected and the way that like human behavior and psychology has been affected by it. Right. And I think one thing that is uh, a clear and immediate takeaway is that we've learned, um, we have, we have become better. We've taken a step in the right direction, I think, as a, as a society towards normalizing mental health, right. And relational health. And so I want, I think one thing that has come out of the pandemic and we're still learning to adapt to this is that there's just an increased demand, right? And I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's entirely that like more trauma is happening now than was three years ago. I think it's that COVID compounded all of the, the toxic stress and the adversity that, that children were dealing with prior to COVID and it kind of multiplied it, right? And I think right. now we're starting to see more people understand and realize that it's okay to need support. It's okay to ask for help. It's a good thing. Like I always try to tell people um, from the very first time that we meet with them for counseling, it's a sign of strength to ask for help because the hardest thing to combat is uh, our, our, like our, our own fights with our own pride, you know? And so I think the impact has grown. I think that we see that in our organization because there's been an increased demand to uh, expand on our team and to offer more mental health care services to children and families. And I think that that's largely in step and a reflection of trends in society in general. Okay. So how can we be more effective mentors to not just club members, but just in our everyday lives? Y'all have like any tips for us? Um, I think Graham said this earlier, um, but intentionally getting to know kids, um, learn something within, within the clubs. Um, it's learning something specific and unique about each kid because each kid that walks through our door is a new opportunity. They have different likes, they have different quirks, um, but learning something specific about each kid, um, because that's going to go a long way to build that trust. Um, you can be all in to be a mentor and want to make a difference in a kid's life. But if a kid doesn't trust you, um, you're not going to get too far. Um, so building that trust is the number one <laughs> kind of uh, thing that I think we need in order to be effective mentors. Um, and then realizing that it's not about you. I think sometimes we can be like, yes, I'm coming in to mentor all these children. Please pat me on the back and applause as I walk in the door. Um, but it's kind of a humbling thing, because um, as you get to know kids, they'll put you in your place a little bit. <laughs> um, but realize it's not about us. It's about what can we do to impact the next generation coming up. Um, so I feel like those are my two biggest tips um, when trying to be a good mentor. Okay. Graham, you have anything to add to that? 
Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think Carrie really uh, hit the nail on the head. I I, I think uh, I, I like what she said about it not being about you. You know, I think a lot of times we as adults have uh, a, a tendency to switch into like a parental paternal kind of role with kids, and so we want to be very quick to uh, just try to give them the best advice that we can, right? And I think that always comes from a good right. place. And I think that the thing that we tend to miss, I think we're getting better about this, but I think the thing that we tend to miss is uh, it's all about listening, right? Like we will give them guidance. Kids know to ask questions, right? And they're not going to ask those questions unless, like Carrie said, that trusting relationship is there. And so I think listening empathically is the most important thing that we can do when building those relationships with young people, because they spend all day, uh, around people that have authority over them, that get to tell them what to do, that get to give them instructions and plan their lives out for them. But they have perspectives, you know, and they have their own voices and they want a chance to be understood and heard. So, uh, you know, I I always tell people like the five magic words are, tell me more about that, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Trying to refrain from judgment when a kid might give you a little peek about what's behind the scenes of what's going on in their head. And just to stay curious and try to understand them and get to know them and uh, and create an environment that is free of judgment. I talked to Tell staff me a more lot about, about that. Oh. <laughs> um, I talked to staff a lot about this when we're training um, and getting called in. Um, the Boys and Girls Club is just kind of naturally set up to do this. Um, we talked, Graham mentioned, like, kids have a voice. Um, and finding their unique interests. Um, and I think we're just automatically kind of set up to welcome that in. We talk about voice and choice a whole lot um, around the club. Um, and so recognizing kids' unique strengths um, and helping them find what it is they're interested in, um, whether it's getting connected with the arts program or if a kid is super into sports, um, let's plug them in. So we kind of are naturally um just set up to make that first step happen um but it is on staff to be intentional and to ask that tell me more about that kind of question do y'all ever like work with kids or staff for that matter and talk to them about goal setting and accountability and how how that can impact their lives yeah absolutely um and again, I think this is a space where we have to refrain from judgment, right? And respect that right. other people's goals may not be our goals, right? And in a lot of ways, that's a good thing, you know? I think the thing that is most helpful when talking about goal setting or when kids tell you about their aspirations and the things that they want to do is to, you know, again, A, always start off by being curious and asking furthering questions and wanting more details, but then talk with them about like, so, so how do you get there? Like, what's your plan for that? Um, what's, what's something we could do today, this week, this month to get you one step closer to that. Right. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot of momentum that can be built off of that because children, especially when they're younger, they have no concept of time. Right. Uh, right. you start to get a little bit more of that when you get older and you're like, in middle school, teenage years, um, I think um, I think making these lofty future goals more accessible and trying to get them to think of them in terms of 
here and now and what I can do today or tomorrow or this weekend that's just like the first little baby step towards that growth. Um, that's a that's a that's a healthy starting point because growth is exponential, right? It's not linear. It takes small little steps early on, and that leads to much higher returns later. That is very interesting. So encouraging growth and working with the kids, I mean, what is the aha moment for y'all serving as mentors, not just the kids, but the staff in general? I mean, when do y'all see that aha moment or notice it, I guess, really? Carrie, what do you think? Um, I really love it when either working with staff or kids, um, it's something that you're like, hey, let's try this, let's try this. And then all of a sudden they try something on their own and then they come back with you and they're like, that was really not as bad as I thought if they were scared of it or like, oh my gosh, I did it. Um, those are my favorite moments. Um, because like Graham said, you kind of have to build up to take the big steps, um, whether it's work with staff or children. Um, but when they come back and they're like, okay, so I tried it and this is how it went. Um, because that shows me that they're learning and they're processing um, and it shows that growth because kids are, or staff are willing to take that step uh, into something that might seem kind of scary. Um, so I love walking with kids through that process of, all right, what do you need to do? Let's get, um, let's figure out a plan. And then once they actually do it, processing that with them, celebrating with them or problem solving if that's what it needs. Um, but I love that, like, hey, I tried it. I did it kind of moment. Okay. Mr. Graham, how about you? I guess something that comes to mind for me is the moments when you have started a relationship with a child or you've helped uh you've you've helped the the staff members begin their relationships with the kids, right? And you get to see them develop and grow to the point where you start seeing the kids ask like hey what area are you going to be in I want to be in that area like I, I mm -hmm. like I, I feel so safe and positive when I'm spending time with you that I don't care if it's in the gym I don't care if it's in arts or the games room like I want to go where Miss whoever is I want to go where Mr. whoever is I think that and I think also when uh thinking about like in our, our roles more respectively uh when kids ask like they're coming in from uh, getting off the bus and like we're greeting them at the door and they ask like, hey, can I talk with you about something? And so like, I know that that kid had something happen that day. They've got an issue or something that they're not sure what to do with. And they they want to be able to talk it out with us. I, I think that's like the, the sort of click moment where to me, that's the kind of feedback where regardless of what this issue is and regardless of like what happens with it, we're doing our jobs well because we've built a safe environment for that kid where they they sought us out and they wanted our insight well guys safe environments good listeners tell me more about that all three of those statements are so true in everyday life with kids and just in general but i've got to leave it with y'all there i would just want to say thank y'all for coming on today and talking to us about this and i hope to talk to y'all again real soon Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us for Behind the Blue Doors podcast. Be sure to tune in to our next conversation with those individuals that are helping make Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley members something special. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends and colleagues in your industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley is proud to be the voice of the next generation of leaders in East Tennessee. For more information about us, visit bgctmv.org. That's bgctmv.org. This is Behind the Blue Doors, the voices of tomorrow heard today. A Boys and Girls Clubs of the Tennessee Valley listening experience. Thank you.